Okay, welcome back to our show. This is Spoiler Country. I'm Kendrick Regan. That's Johnny Horsley over there. We are two guys that love to talk about comic books. We don't want the show to only be about comic books. It just tends to end up being about comic books. Every time. All the time. Every time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, today, we have... Well, we, are, we started a series of shows where we talk about each publisher in depth, or as much as we can talk about one publisher in depth. Uh, last time was DC and why we think DC is the best. Today, we're going to talk about Marvel and why we think Marvel is the best. And yes, Johnny's going to give points on why he thinks Marvel <laughs> is the best. I'll try. I'll do my best. I'll do my he best. He loves Marvel characters, so this won't be hard for him. Let's get it straight. He just doesn't like their business practices. That's true. So, um, yeah. Well, we should start. We should start by saying we're not experts on this stuff. This is just clearly our opinions and our you know subjective opinions about why we think this. Because I don't. We neither one of us know the deep history of these companies. We just know what we know from various readings of stuff. That's right. So. That's right. That's right. I mean, we know. Probably a little bit more than the average Joe, but not any more than that. <laughs> right. We're, we're just big fanboys. <laughs> that's right. We're just big fanboys. And that's I think that's a common theme when we go through reviews, we go over things. We yeah. don't really like giving a lot of negative stuff. And it's not that we don't have negative thoughts or have, you know, it's not like we don't want to give a negative review on somebody. It's just that we know, especially Johnny knows, putting the sweat in to create a comic book and to create that story and to create the backstory and create the characters and then spend all that time illustrating each page is a lot of work. It's, it's a, a lot ton, of work. It's a ton of work. Yeah. And really, if you do one book and you put it out, then you know what? Good for you. You know what I mean? And I don't want to give a lot of negative feedback on something where somebody poured their blood and sweat and tears into something. I just don't think that's overtly right. Now, it's, I think it's different when you go with the big machines that are churning out a bunch of stuff. Now, I'm referring to more independence, right? Right, yeah. But, but when you get like into Spider-Man, I mean, there's some runs in Spider-Man, dude, that are just bad. Just bad. Right. There's, there's, you know? The art's phoned in, the writing's phoned in. It's like, you just, you're just, just this was just a paycheck for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, the, somebody gave you an outline and you just wrote some words. Yeah. yeah, you can definitely tell when a story has, especially from one of the big two, when the story has love put into it and thought put into it versus just, well, we need to put out five books. So here's a, here's a quick story, you know? That's right. That's right. So let's get into Marvel. Marvel's been around for a long time. They started off and you correct me if I'm wrong. They believe they started off as timely. Yeah. So, and they were started by Stanley's cousin, if I'm not mistaken, his uncle, was it his uncle? I think it's his cousin. Well, I think it's his cousin. We should double check. I thought I could have sworn I read that. Well, maybe his uncle started, but his cousin hired him. Let's find out. There's a clicking of the keys. That means Johnny is Googling Stanley Family Comics. Mar- no, it was Martin Goodman, who is. I think this is his uncle. Yeah. If I'm wrong, we'll just edit all this out. No, it's all right. I kind of like having this stuff in. Martin Goodman was a, com- was a publisher, yeah. Uh, so, oh, with the help of his uncle, Rob, Robbie Sol- Solomon, Lee became an assistant in 1939 at the new Timely Comics division of Pulp Magazine with publisher Martin Goodman. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. So, Timely. And then over time, I don't know when, when and we can look it up, but it's, not, it's, it's really irrelevant. They became Atlas. But Marvel had their first real superhero was the Human Torch. And, and he and was an android, actually. Well, Human Torch and Submariner, they both appeared at the same time. 
Yeah. And he would, but he was a, but there's more emphasis on the human torch at first. A ton more. Yeah. Cause he was, yeah. he was a robot. He was on fire. <laughs> yeah. He was a robot. He was on fire. And then after like 30 some episodes or maybe a little bit more, I'm not too sure. They kind of ran out of ideas. He said, yeah, they, well, timely. Cause the whole point was him, how he was becoming more and more human. And then we can then it became just like boring and they just st- kind of stopped. <laughs> with yeah. Him. But by the time by the time that happened, they had Captain America. They had Captain America. <laughs> you know, I mean, Timely didn't Captain have America a, was huge. Timely didn't have a bunch of hits. Yeah, Timely didn't have a bunch of hits. They had you know, they had Captain America. They had um, Human Torch, Submariner. They had Kazar a little bit, but they didn't really have the blow up comics like the other publishers had. They had a couple good standout comics in the forties that did really right. well. But by nineteen fifty, Timely Comics was was gone. It was it was over pretty much. By the 50s. right and it. Well, so was Atlas a company that, sorry, was Atlas a company that purchased Timely or did Timely turn into Atlas? You know what I mean? Atlas was a company that I believe they purchased the rights to, to Timely or to uh, Timely stuff in 1950. No, I think I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, anybody listening who knows, who knows this, go ahead and tell us. But I believe Atlas went defunct in 1950 and then reformed in 51 as Atlas. Sorry, Timely went defunct in 1950, reformed as Atlas in 51. And then uh, in the late 50s, it became Marvel Comics. So it went defunct. Uh, Goodman defuncted it, you know, closed the company, then restarted a new one called Atlas. They owned the same characters, but Atlas was a big hunk of junk that didn't really do anything. Worthwhile. There was that they had like no good characters. I mean, Captain America in the fifties was was basically reprints and stories nobody cared about because right. Captain, Captain America didn't come back until the sixties when it was Marvel Comics. You know, right? And uh, the company there was also a secondary Atlas company in the seventies because there was a there was a split from with from Goodman and somebody else where oh. they, yeah they made a there's there's Atlas comics from the late sixties early seventies where they're not superheroes, but they're like, does it, I think they have like 12 comics series total or something like that, but they only had like, I think the longest one got like three issues and then it went defunct again. But Interesting. they couldn't compete with, with Marvel or um, DC or. And Dell. Marvel changed from Atlas to Marvel and they did the same thing as DC. They took their name from the first comic they put out as timely Marvel comics. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It seemed to be the a, a growing trend there, and they gave. Yeah. They took Marvel comics. And they they did. I mean, at first, Marvel was publishing like horror comics, like sci-fi stuff. They weren't really doing anything fantastic. They had right. their their amazing adult fantasy series, which was just telling some random stories about monsters. But amazing adult fantasies was late fifties. We're talking about Marvel in specific, specifically Marvel. Marvel comics. Yeah. They had, they, yeah, they okay. had amazing adult fantasy. That was one of their first lines, and then. And then it changed to Amazing Fantasies after they introduced actually at number fifteen with Spider Man. It wasn't was it still called Amazing Adult Fantasies when they did Spider Man? Nope. Or was it, was it the a, very next issue? It was Amazing Fantasies. It was Amazing Fantasy at number fifteen, and that was actually the last issue. Yeah, and that was just because of Spider Man mm-hmm. that they took the adult off. They pushed the adult off. They put Spider Man into it, and then they moved Spider Man from that over to his own series. And they didn't publish. Well, they published issues sixteen and seventeen, but like in you know thirty years, thirty forty years later. Oh really? Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't yeah, they Why, published in the two thousands. I mean, because whatever. But it's it's a money grab. Oh look, it's the issue after Spider Man, but it's you know two thousand two or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not the same writers, not the same artists. Yeah, nobody's the nothing same to do one. with anything. Yeah, yeah. but not even the same era. 
No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, close. But one can say <clears throat> one thing you can say about Marvel is they definitely they took in the time that they started, comic books were hokey. It was the there was the Silver Age of Comics where we had things like Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane, which were just silly. I mean, right. like love them or hate them, they were they were silly because of the Comics Code Authority, which we talked about last episode. Right. Marvel came in. Not for as long as you think. Yeah. Marvel came in. Um, shut up. <laughs> well, you said we, we were talking for like 30 minutes. And then well, I'm editing, like, I'm like, it was like eight minutes. <laughs> it felt like you said 12. You said 12. Well, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so Marvel came in. They had their, they had, they didn't have, they haven't really have any big hits. I mean, their comics weren't selling. They were selling well, but not as well as you'd expect from Marvel comics, but they, they didn't have right. anything yet. And then, then they came, came out, Jack Kirby. Then, yeah, then came the, the teaming up of Jack Kirby and Stanley. And then came Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and the Avengers and Iron Man, all these characters and the Hulk. It was our, yeah. you know, you Jack Kirby, you had Stanley, you had Steve Ditko. One thing Marvel has over any other publisher is a ton of silver and bronze age name recognition of, of creators, of people who worked on these books. Right. Right. Yeah. For DC, I think that time was a slow burn. Yeah, it was very slow. Right. People weren't freaking out about Neil Adams in 1972. They were freaking Not out about Neil Adams in 2002. And realizing, oh my God, or I mean, well after not too much after he started either. But I mean, don't get well, me his, wrong. His his but, Batman his his Batman run was a pretty big deal when it happened. Yeah, it was. But I remember collecting Batman in the eighties, dude. And no one talked about Neil Adams. No, they didn't. Everybody talked about Frank Miller, or they talked about Todd McFarlane, mm-hmm. or they talked about. You know, when it comes to writers, they talked about Chris Claremont. They talked yeah. more about Marvel, like the eighties. Marvel ruled the eighties. They did. You know, I mean, and they had some fantastic runs. I mean, that whole Dark Phoenix and the Phoenix Saga on the X-Men. The X-Men was, that was an amazing, that's an, the 70s and 80s run of the X-Men is amazing. It really is. Because they took, the one thing I love about Marvel, and it's going to get into why with the X-Men, is that they took real world situations and paralleled them in their books. Better, I think, than any other company. Like the race issue in America, and then you correlate that with the mutants. And they were explaining things to kids at a very base level that I think better than any other sociology teacher could do. Yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job with that. They did a really good job. And the X-Men was the forefront of that kind of stuff. They did an amazing job. They really did. And I think the fact that they used real cities and, you know, real locations of the earth that you could feel like... Oh, it's easier. Marvel was a much easier read to get into quickly, and it was easier to submerse yourself into the storyline of what they were telling you, because you could feel like I've been there. I know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. There's. It's. They had the real, the real world aspect. They had. All in all, they had. I kind of feel like Marvel had some better name recognitions of writers and artists because. People knew who they were. I feel like DC, for the most part, you didn't know who was writing or drawing the book very well. I mean, even if it wasn't on the cover, you know, I just feel like the Marvel character, the Marvel, because of Stan Lee and his marketing, the way he marketed things, the yeah. artists and writers became like little celebrities in the comic world. Like, I mean, I remember growing up, I knew who Chris Claremont was. I knew who John Bryan was. I knew who Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were. I knew who Steve Ditko was. And right. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you besides if it wasn't Jerry Ordway, I couldn't tell you who was working on a DC book back, back right. then when I was a kid. I mean, I knew Jerry Ordway, I knew Carl Kessel, and I knew like maybe a couple other ones, but I knew the big ones from the '60s, the '70s, and '80s of Marvel because they were the, those names were everywhere. Marketing, marketing. The marketing. 
You'd read Marvel Age, which would have interviews with these people. You'd read in the the Wizard magazine, which would have all these names from Mar- the Marvel's histories in there all the time. Yeah. I think Stan Lee really understood marketing was so important to get those books over. And by him marketing Marvel like that, he by proxy marketed DC, you know, and other other comic books. Well, because he brought exuberance and excitement to comic books as a whole. You know, of course, he's going to pimp out Spider-Man and X-Men and the Fantastic Four and the Hulk and everything else. Because that's his bread and butter. That's where he made his money, and that's where, you know, that's what his job was to do. But the fact that he was even bringing up comic books into mainstream at all helped everybody, you know? Because DC didn't have anybody like Stanley. You can't even think of anybody that was in this DC universe or anybody else now that is even close to what Stanley has done for for the industry as a whole. Name one, name one editor in all of comicdom that has the influence that Stan Lee has had. No, there isn't one. And, then, and, and there never will be again, just because of the sheer timing of, what, of when Stan Lee came out and, and yeah. the, 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 the state of the industry of when he was doing it. They'll never, they'll never God, be something he was like there. that again. Yeah. You know, because comics were dying because of the Silver Age, you know, that with, I mean, technically DC started the Silver Age of comics, but the Flash, or well, right. I mean, with Jimmy Olsen was the first one, but then the Flash was the first resurgent superhero, which the Flash and the Green Lantern is what, brought the silver age back which with that those catalyst, flash silver age books are great they're amazing they're awesome and yeah. but those those books catalyst was the catalyst to let fantastic four and spider-man those and those books come in which brought you this whole new type of world that wasn't in the comics before which like you said real places you know people with problems people who weren't perfect and yeah. because because of that that bled into other publishers where dc started doing stories like that as well and then I mean, you can you can you can one hundred percent say that the reason why DC became the more serious book in the seventies, eighties, and the stories in DC are darker is strictly yeah. because of Marvel. It's a hundred percent because of when Marvel came out. Marvel came out with those stories, and they tackled real world issues. And then DC said, "Oh, that you know that's doing well over there. Let's let, let's make our books more adult. Let's make let's because you know because in the sixties, DC books were very silly, yeah, because of the times. So." With the with Marvel doing so well with what they were doing, DC, I, I'm 100 percent confident comfortable in saying that DC took that and said, "Let's say, hey, let's see if we can do, let's see if we can do better." Yeah. Which gave us the Dark Knight, which gave us, uh, you know, all those books in the 80s of DC that are you know, the Killing Joke and stuff. I mean, Marvel, Killing Marvel, those. <laughs> well, love it or hate it, love, love, love it or hate it. Cause I don't really care for that book, and I don't think yeah. you either. It Not was really. a turning. It it's a it's a classic book people love. You know, it's whatever. But I would say that because of marvel and the way they ruled the 80s because they did they ruled on monthly sales and monthly issues marvel they was ruled key. the 70s too man i mean that, that x-men run is so good yeah well, once they came run. out with the all new x-men giant size x-men number one yeah introduced that new core group oh they just took off and that whole phoenix run and the dark phoenix and well the claremont run you know the whole giant size x-men that was okay that was supposed to be a secondary comic book to on Kenny or to x-men yeah. And the problem was, is Uncanny X-Men itself wasn't selling very well because it was just reprints. Like the last like 30 right. issues of X-Men was just reprints before 94. Right. And then Claremont came in and did Giant Size X-Men. They said, no, 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 this is too good. Let's put this back in the main series. And, they, and then they, 94, they started doing, is this a, a continuation of Giant Size 1? 
And number 94, not 1994. Yeah, number 94, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, it, Claremont took over the writing capabilities and it became this. He's you know, a great writer. Tons of great, yeah. And he said, it's something you don't really see today too much. I mean, Dan Slott is on Spider-Man. He's writing Spider-Man for a ton of issues. Yeah. But you don't see writers stick onto a comic book for you know, 10, 15 years like you did back then where Chris Claremont defined a, he, he defined a generation. Yeah, well, he defined the generation of he, the whole mutant saga. And I'll just put it under one big banner. The whole mutant saga was really driven and written by Claremont. Yeah. I mean, he made all the decisions on how that those books were going to be done and, and <clears throat> the things that happened and all the points that really came from his mind. That guy was and is a great – he was a great contributor, you know? Well, it's like you think about this. Name one comic book – of the X-Men before giant size number one, that is worthy to be talked about today. Yeah, there isn't any except for, except for the ones in the sixties before they, 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 they canceled that book. So, you know, that those first few, just because of the characters they introduced, like beast is a classic and Magneto and well, beast Beast wasn't introduced in X-Men beast would introduce an amazing fantasy. Or amazing adventures. I mean, I know, but, he, but outside he made, of X-Men. Yeah. 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 But I'm not talking about the introduction. I'm just saying that characters that got their chops. Yeah. You know what I mean? You learned who beast really is and, and gone through the whole thing in X-Men, you know, in Cyclops and Jean gray and, and all the, and Iceman. I mean, those all comes from. Yeah. But I, I still, I still stand that they didn't, those characters didn't become interesting until after Claremont's run. That's right. I, I would agree. I think they're only interesting now because of what they of what they yeah. represent. Now they may over- they may have been they may have been interesting to readers in the sixties because it was something new. But I think right. if you try to compare that Silver Age X Men to the Claremont run, you, you get a, it's a it's it's leaps and bounds better because I mean, and you can't obviously you can't say well if it wasn't for the Silver Age run, you can say if it wasn't for the Silver Age run, you know Claremont's run wouldn't exist because definitely his run was built off of that Silver Age. But when you talk about X Men. You talk about the definitive X Men. You talk about that so that that Claremont run. That's that's yeah. the you know the, the, through the '60s though. I don't I don't know that there's a better book than the Spider Man run, the Amazing Spider Man. I would I would argue the only the only one I would argue with you without it is the Daredevil run from the '60s because I I stand by I stand by the fact that I think Daredevil from any publisher is the most consistently good book to have been published for the last fifty years. Yeah, it has. I would say from the first issue to the issues now, it has stayed overall consistently good with very little gifts in quality. First, like 121 issues or so of Spider-Man are so good. Yeah. This whole thing in, in, in high school and the storytelling and everything that happened is is remarkable. And that was all through the 60s. So when DC was doing the crazy stuff in the 60s, you know, the funny stuff, I guess you could say. Yeah. Marvel was doing more of a teenage angst drama filled book. So when you read it, especially if you were 13, 14 years old or 12 years old and you're reading Spider-Man, you totally felt like this is somebody you kind of related to going through school, being bullied, uh, homework, all of it, you know, and it, that's what made Marvel so good is that they really made their characters believable and relatable and, and severely flawed. And I think that's yeah. what I loved about them is that you, when you read it, you're like, you know, like think, take Wolverine, that guy's an asshole. 
Oh, yeah, he is. You know what I mean? As, as a whole, he's a jerk, man. He's not somebody that is a nice person that you're going to go up to and say, hey, what's going on? And go have drinks with because you just met him at the bar and you get, you know what I mean? You're playing pool and, and they're cool. No, right. not. He's an alcoholic. He's a freaking womanizer. He's, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with that guy. And you know what? He And he'll murder people. Straight up. Yeah. He'll straight up murder people, you know, and it's not always that they deserve it either. No, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a bastard. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you like you and I talked about Superman last episode, and, <laughs> <laughs> which was a great conversation. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what you send me for to, you know, what I should check out. But at the same time, that's what I liked about Marvel so much is that 99% of their, of their characters are, you know, what's cool about Marvel, man, is the whole mutant concept. Is that when you're reading it and you're a kid and you want to believe that you can be Superman or that you can be Spider-Man or that you can be Colossus. That was the one that I always wanted to be when I was like nine, ten. I wanted to be Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> they gave you a way to believe that that could happen to you. Yeah. Because of it with mutations and stuff, there was the, yeah, the mutations, it's the abilities. genetics and mutations and things could happen. And that was a really cool concept. Do you know why and, there's, do you know why Stanley made it, made it, made mutants? Why? He got tired of writing origin stories. That's perfect. It makes so much more sense, though. Yeah, he got tired of writing like there's a, there's the space thing, and then there's a gamma radiation, or there's a, the spiders. It gets you old, dude. It's it it old. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of the, to me, dude. That was one of the that was one of the greatest ideas. It's like why can't it just be a mutation within the genetics of the human race, and that they are starting to evolve? Yeah, and I love the whole concept because the concept of if you look at Magneto's viewpoint of we are an evolution and a war is coming because the ones that don't and the ones that do are starting to collide. You know, he, he's a, <laughs> he's a terrorist in the way and the fact that he, he uses innocence for that lining war. But I don't think he sees himself as a bad guy. No, he doesn't. You know? he, sees himself, he sees himself as, as a liberator. You know, here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an interesting concept. It's it's different than just being a bad guy to be a bad guy, like dark like dark side or Thanos or any of those kind of guys yeah. that are just warmongers. I don't know if it's true. If this is a true statement or not, but I think it is. Is I think he was the first sympathetic bad guy in comics, the first guy who was a bad guy but not really a bad guy in his eyes. He thought he was doing good work, you know. He thought he was. He legitimately thought he was on the, the side of the right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, and Marvel has some amazing, they have some amazing characters. And, and like you said, they've had some amazing artists and writers in their, in their fold. Um, Stan Lee's marketing towards them has been amazing. It's, I mean, there's a lot of cracks in that armor too. It, it's not just, ju- you know, it's not all fun and games when it comes to Marvel. They're very much a business entity. Um, I think they messed up when... And I don't want to. I don't know if it was Stan Lee specifically, but when they started selling off rights to, to individual movie studios to different characters, as opposed to everything, as opposed to the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, Stanley, that's Stanley, why, Stanley was out of the company by then. Yeah, and that's why you have what you had the situations that you have today, right? Like Fox having X Men, and you can't say mutant or have any X Men characters on a Spider Man movie or an Avengers movie or a Captain America movie, you know. Well, that's why you won't and you won't see Hulk in a solo movie because Hulk's owned by Universal, and he's he's in the Avengers movies by loan from Universal. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's ridiculous. 
it's ridiculous, and it's and it, I think it they've done a great job of what they have, right? Obviously, yeah. You know, side by side. You know, it, I think aside from maybe the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger as the Joker, I don't know that DC has any other movies that hold up to what Marvel's done. Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's great. She's. It, She's great. It's really good. I love that movie. I can't wait to watch it when it comes out on DVD all over again. But I don't know, man. Does it really hold up to all those Avengers movies and like Captain America Civil War or Captain America the Winter Soldier well, or Captain America the First Avenger? Let's or, uh, definitely, be, it definitely holds up to First Avenger 100. percent And it's better than it's better than First Avenger. But here's the thing: you can't compare a solo movie like Wonder Woman. That has yeah. Wonder Woman movie by itself has no need, needs no backstory from another movie. Civil I think I get War, what you're going to say here. Civil War and Avengers cannot exist without the years of movies before them. That's what I'm saying. It's the overarching work of what Marvel has done to create yeah. the cinematic universe that Which, has been so spectacular. Right, exactly. But you can't you can't compare a solo movie in the beginning of a franchise to a movie that's built that's Feige, for, for ten right? years. Is, it, is that Feige? Is that how you say yeah. his last name? I want to make sure I say Kevin, it right because Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, one of the two. Yeah, that guy, his vision has been great. I, I mean, I wish you, I wish the licensing stuff could be fixed because the whole thing with Civil War would have been so much better with if they had were able to have all the characters that were involved in the comic books. Right, not just. 12 or whatever it was <laughs> yeah 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 because if you look at the book and then you see everybody that's fighting against each other and then you look at the movie it's laughable one well, was I mean, ridiculous too where they're all running at each other you're just like yeah. <laughs> i mean it's great in the movie don't get me wrong i love that movie was so yeah. good and, and really i think the best character coming out of this right now for me my money is ant-man dude paul rudd <laughs> is so good as ant-man it's so ridiculous. He just, I just want to, oh, he is so funny. It's just, it just plays the character so well. And it's just, yeah. you know, I mean, for the, the comic, and, but Tom Holland as Spider Man, oh, that kid is so good. It drives right. me nuts. It's, he's, he's a fantastic in that, in that role. Yeah. I, I kind of feel Andrew Garfield got kind of the shaft because I thought he was good in Amazing Spider Man. He was good, but he was also very cocky. He was, but, Spider-Man's not super cocky like that, especially not as Peter Parker, you know? You read a lot of Spider-Man? Because he's pretty freaking cocky. Not as Peter Parker. Oh, I see what you're saying. Outside the costume. Yeah. Outside yeah, the costume, yeah, he he's not. Pretty, yeah, he could be pretty genteel. Or yeah. He could be pretty gentle and pretty docile, I think is the word yeah. I want to say. Garfield Spider-Man was the same character in and out of the costume. Yeah. Now, I yeah, thought but it, that's the writing, too, though. It's it not is. just him. I agree. And I, it I, he, I, I think him and Emma... Stone could have have been in a better movie and been and done really well. Yeah, I just don't think Sony knows how to make a good movie anymore. Yeah, well, Sam Raimi did a great job, except for that yeah. third one. Well, yeah, even he, the third he, one's not bad. I mean, everybody no. wants Venom to be this huge guy, but it's like I don't know. He wasn't too bad. I mean, I, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I didn't. <clears throat> it it didn't rock my world. You know, yeah. like the like the second one is probably like the second Spider Man in the Raimi trilogy is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. And you can and you can almost 100% think that to um Alfred Molina as Doc, Doc Ock who is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the the, pun, the 
I almost said the Punisher. The, the <laughs> bad guy, the, the antagonist, is so important in a superhero movie. If yeah. you don't have a good actor, because, like, the first one was fun, but what's his name? Willem Dafoe was so over the top as the Green Goblin. He was. I mean, it's, you know? it's, and the Green Goblin is an overtop character. I mean, he is. And but the way they portrayed him and the whole mask and everything, it just looked weird. But the direction overall was so good. Yeah. That it kind of made up for everything. You yeah. know. And then, and of course, they're telling the origin story and they're doing everything. And they had that classic scene of him kissing, what's her name, Kurtz and Dunce and all that. And and so they yeah. kind of made up for a lot. But the second one, it was like. Okay, now we got it. Our game has to be on, and Alfred yeah. Molina was the perfect person for that role. He was amazing in that role. That 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 movie would have been half that movie it was with any other actor in that role. Because I think, it, just like how Heath Ledger made The Dark Knight, he made Spider Man Two. I feel like the seventies and eighties was all about Marvel comics, and then the nineties is almost like a throwaway decade for me because we <laughs> talked about that, you know. And plus, I stopped reading, I stopped collecting, and and but it was just such a weird, it was such a weird time, you know. Yeah. Like it, like collecting crescendoed, right? And then it fell off the face of the earth there for a little while. And then I think the Marvel movies, I think the Marvel movies more than than the Batman trilogy, help get people back into the comic book store, and getting going on things because there because there's so many of them, right? And they're blockbusters every single time. Well, and the thing about the thing too is, is the Marvel movies. I mean, the Spider-Man from Sony and X-Men from Fox in the early two thousands. Those that first X-Men was a huge hit. It was, and it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. And the thing was, is like, as much as I love the Batman trilogy from Nolan, the yeah. Marvel movies are more accessible to the to a broader audience. You know, yeah, there's not like this big brooding. There's bright colors. Right. There's, you know, there's a lot of jokes. You know, you're laughing through the whole thing. The levity is not so, so high. It's just, you know, it's good. I mean, you don't, there's not really, there's not very many good points in any of the Batman films to, you know, laugh at. (laughs) You know, what's funny is you can almost say that Marvel has become more of a studio for movies than a comic book publisher. Oh, 100%. Marvel is, Marvel now is a studio of movies. Their, their comics are just secondary and you can, you can confirm that by the fact that they stopped publishing Fantastic Four because they don't own the rights. They've dwindled down the X Men to pretty much just the basis of what they need to publish. Yeah, but, uh, but the X Men are coming back. They're doing a lot of stuff with with those with those characters. They are, but they're not doing um not like they were in the eighties like and nineties, no. dude. You all it was X Men and Spider Man. That was it. Yeah, I mean, in X Men, you had X Men, X Factor, New Mutants. X Men was uh, the a thousand series. That was that was their that was their gauntlet was yeah. X Men. But if you look, if you look at who they push now in the comics, they push the characters they own the rights to. That's why Captain Marvel is so big Thor. in the comics. Thor, Iron Man, Iron Man, all the, these characters who were, in my yeah. opinion, for a long time, secondary B list, stupid ass characters. Marvel list. Yeah, like Iron Man was nothing forever. Nobody wow. read Iron Man, and when he come in, he was almost always a joke of a character compared yeah. to anybody else. No one took him seriously. And Thor, I mean, I'm sorry, but go read some old Thor comics. They're stupid as hell. Yeah. And Captain America, I never liked Captain America in the comics. I love him in the movies, but I never liked the comics. Except I but did enjoy. I did so enjoy. It. You, you don't like Captain America, but you love Superman. They're well, almost like the same character, except eh. for one flies and one, and the other one does. I mean, one is a lot more powerful, obviously. Well, but Captain their America's, ideology is like almost the same. Yeah, but Captain America is like a Boy Scout on crack. I mean, he's retarded. And <laughs> That's what Superman is. <laughs> no, 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 no. You. No, no. But no. 
and Captain America too is like the I did enjoy the Cap Wolf series because I thought it was funny he turned into a werewolf, but I don't know. I never liked I never I never liked him in the comics, but I you know I really yeah. enjoy him in the movies. Same with you know like like uh, Thor. I mean I would actually I I would say the same for Incredible Hulk, but I've always I've always liked Hulk because Hulk smashed. You know it's fun. Yeah, the, the well the Incredible Hulk is great, and then, plus the TV show really helped the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So if you're if you're a child of you know, probably what thirty six or above. Then you watch the reruns, and if you're in your forties, you remember coming out on TV. Dude, I, wa- I met uh, my sister, and I met Lou Fregno, who played the, the Hulk in the old yeah. show. Yeah, that guy's huge. First of all, yeah, and second, my sister, who <laughs> is four foot ten, walked up to him and she goes, "When I was a kid, I used to call you the Incredible Hulk." He just laughed at her. Mind you, she's like you know thirty five at the time. Yeah. That's it hilarious. Funny. It was pretty funny, but he was he was a super nice guy. We got a we um we bought a poster and stuff for my mom. So my mom was a huge Lou Ferrigno fan, but uh, he was he's he's a super nice guy. So here here are some things, and and, and I kind of brought it up. There is some cracks in the armor already with with Marvel. With yeah. one, I don't feel like they care about their fan base. I think oh, that they put up with things with their fan base. You know what I mean? Like like oh, we should put this out because they pay our bills. But I don't think that when you go to an event like classic. We're at SDCC. We were lucky enough to go to some vendor stuff. First thing Marvel says is put your phones away and don't take any pictures or we're going to ask you to leave. Or we might we have, try to take your phone. I mean, that's security guards roaming the hallway to take to, to literally what they told us. Yeah. And then you have all the other publishers saying, please take pictures. You know what well, I mean? It's more and accessible. The, and the, the thing is, is like their that whole thing, like their thing was very business, business, business. Oh, put your phones away. We're going to show you some exclusive trailers. And they didn't show the exclusive trailer we got was a stupid Inhumans thing that nobody cares about. And then a Spider-Man cartoon trailer. Right. Like, really? You really care if somebody leaks this out a day before you can put it on the Internet and it's not Infinity War or it's not no, Thor. No, dude, that Inhumans trailer was playing outside on the big screen. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, like the next day, Comic-Con's not even over, and they're already playing that thing on the big screen. I think I pointed it out. Yeah. I'm like, hey, there's that trailer. Right, it's like, <laughs> what? Oh, quick side note, apparently Inhumans is terrible. From all, all the reviews are saying it's a terrible show. Oh, that'll be... Well, you know, they're bound to have a failure. Yeah, but you I know? mean, everyone's like, yeah, the trailers the trailers weren't very good, and I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably still watch the fir- at least the first episode. But yeah, I'll check it out. I, but you know what? Marvel's Agent of Shield. I only watched the first season, and then after that, I couldn't watch it anymore. Yeah, I, I watched the first like four episodes, and I was like, ah, this is pretty boring. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, it gets a lot better when you get to season three. But I, I just don't want to invest two seasons to get to a good season. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's just it's too much. And plus, how many superhero movies and TV shows do I need to watch to show that right. I'm a fan? I gotta you know watch I mean? Flash, all right. Flash is Flash and Supergirl are, super, are so good. <laughs> yeah, Flash. I gotta watch Flash. I like Supergirl. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not gonna cry if I don't watch Super Supergirl, but I have to watch Flash. Mm-hmm. And I gotta watch Daredevil when it comes out. Uh, and I, I'm excited for Jessica Jones when it, her new season comes out. I will watch The Defenders, uh, even though I'm not too sure it's gonna be good or not because I think that it, I don't know why you want to do a show. I don't know. I, I think the individual <laughs> shows are so good. Why, why, why bring them all together like that? What's the point? For the fans, I mean, yeah, the fans but, want it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's only we'll it's see. only it's only eight episodes. Uh, it's hopefully. It's I'm more help. excited for when the Punisher comes out. Well, Pun- Punisher is going to be on Defenders now. Yeah, I know, but Which it's just cool. as a secondary. Yeah, it's kind of weird though. I mean, it's so not against what the Punisher is about. But all right, I don't think we'll he's. Jo- I don't think he's joining them. I think he's just there. 
Berthenthal. How do you say that guy's name? John Berthenthal? 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 Berthenthal. The dude from The Walking Dead. Yeah. He's so good. He was so amazing as the Punisher. God, I mean, was, uh, yeah. you know that he got to, he did like his whole he did his whole outfit himself and did everything and sent it in to, and completely <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for you, campaign to become the Punisher. Good. It's it's good when you have actors and creators who are they want to do something because they're a fan of it, not because it's a paycheck. Like yeah, I, I get I 100 percent get you know being a writer, artist, actor, whatever. You need to get jobs to make money, and that's that's fine. But it always show, shines through when the person working on it loves what they're doing and loves the character they're so working good. on. So good, he is so good. Going going back, I mean, going through SDCC seventeen and and just and really just the, the all the like you were saying all the reboots, dude, and all the uh-huh. over exaggeration of variant covers just over and over and over and over again it's just showing that they don't have a real affinity to their fans as much as no, they, they just want the money they that, that's why yeah. they constantly reboot they number it. ones every two years because it feels like they fake it yeah because number ones will sell a lot more than anything else so even if they have a new storyline every two years they have to reboot the series to a new volume to get number one because that number one they can they can put out you know 35 more variant covers for it and people will buy them because it's, it's the number one and they make that's Marvel's made their money off of, of rebooting series, making mini series, doing all this shit. And that's why I don't trust Marvel Legacy, right? They're like, oh, we're going back to the yeah. classic numbering. We're going to do it for the fans. The fans want this. Yeah, but for they, how long? In two years, they're going to reboot. Oh, we're going back to num- number one of Captain America. No, you have like 17 of those already. We don't need yeah. more series. I really wish, like, I wish these series would just stay with their numbering and just stay like just tell stories in this because there's something to be said about picking up a book that's in the higher numbers. Say, oh, oh, this is issue number three, and I, I don't, I don't agree with oh, it's not accessible to new fans. You can make it accessible to new fans by easily labeling on the front, you know, part one of a new story or new arc. on point or new arc or something. You know, yep, I was just thinking the same thing. They did that. I mean, literally, before you brought that point up, I was like, you know, if they just put new arc on new story arc, you know, the beginning of a new story or whatever done. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I really wish they'd stop rebooting shit. And like, you know, back to the Claremont run of X-Men in the seventies and eighties, you only had one X-Men book. You had a couple of miniseries that would come out, you know, but you had basically one X-Men book telling all these stories. Yeah. Not five. Cut that shit down, man. Yeah. yeah. Cut it down. We don't need five Spider-Man books, five X-Men books, five Batman books. We don't need that. Give us one. I hated when book. they did the Spider-Man, the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man, where it was just Spider-Man. I'm like, why? Why? Just stay yeah. an amazing Spider-Man. Why are you doing a whole other series? Why do we need? I don't want to collect three different. I don't want to collect Peter Parker web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. That's ridiculous. And then oh, then Spider-Man Unlimited, and then Spider-Man ties his shoes and then spider-man don't need all that you know no we don't need a thousand series for one character it's stupid i think the same thing with batman they need to cut down I think batman so too. i think any i think any character that has more than one maybe two series if it's a huge character is too many yeah 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 i mean i don't mind like detective comics and then batman yeah that's fine but you know what to be honest johnny i wouldn't cry if they canceled batman and just went with detective comics that wouldn't bother me at all i would say uh, well I would agree. I with know you. that Batman's been on along for a not, long time. Not I even get that. It. Not even that. Not even that. I would say I would agree with you, except for I think what they should do is have Batman 
and then have detective comics to tell stories about Batman and all of his other people, all of his fan is that the Batman family make detective more than just a Batman book, make it Batman and a Gotham city book. And then have the Batman book to tell a solo Batman story. Same thing with Superman use action yeah. comics to sell Superman centric stories around the characters that are involved in his, his story arcs and then use Superman to tell Superman stories. But we don't need, you know, Batman detective comics, Batman, the dark Knight, Batman, this Batman, that Batman, all star Batman. No, well, in the 80s, you know, yeah, well, X Men in the '80s though was kind of funny because they did have classic X Men, which was reprints of the '70s X Men. Yeah, which was interesting, and that wasn't so bad though because it allowed somebody like me, who when you went to your local comic book store and it's 1985, 1986, and in '85 I was 11 years old, and I went down to the paperback exchange to get X Men comics. I was three. Yeah, well, I was 11. <laughs> And if you went to the paperback exchange in in, Bremer, in East Bremerton, and it was Rydell Square, you, which was Kitty Corner of that Chevron. Yeah, I know what's that. Okay. So they were back in there, right? And so I'd walk down there. If you, you couldn't get like X-Men 123 or 94 or no. anything like that, you just couldn't find them, right? Because people still to today love those X-Men comics from the 70s and 80s. They love oh, them. Yeah. You find a lot of them, don't get me wrong, especially in the 80s because they overprinted so many of them. But those, but those from like 95 to like probably what, 200? Somewhere yeah, around there? Uh, even those in, are, I would say up to like the 220s because in the early 200s you the have first those appearance first appearance of Gambit. Well, that's 268, but in the, in the early 200s you have uh, the first couple Wolverine Sabretooth fights which are great stories. Yeah, so... so but I'm just saying you had a lot of story arcs that created what is still affecting comic books today. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people don't. And so if you can't get those, the classic X-Men made those older stories accessible. So, so that doesn't actually bother me. Like if they said classic Amazing Spider-Man and put those out, that doesn't bother me as a reprint. But, but they're not re. You know, they're not. It's not a new title, really. They're just no. reprinting those classic episodes, so you know that you can go back and and you can read that history. It's that's kind of nice. I don't yeah, mind they're make, that. They're making stories that you couldn't normally get accessible to fans who right. want to read them. But now with the digital age, that's irrelevant. Right? Yeah, because you can buy whatever you want, reread whatever you want online, which yeah. is great. Yeah, but you're right. There's too many series, and and Marvel is terrible about that. They put out. Well, like I said, there at one time there was Peter Parker Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, there was Amazing Spider-Man, there was The Web of Spider-Man, there was Spider-Man, and then there was and then shortly after that was Spider-Man Unlimited. How many do you need? Yeah. Well, and in X-Men you had on Kenny X-Men, you had X-Men, you had X-Man, you had X-Force, you had X-Factor, you had Extinction, whatever, you had Wolverine, you had New Mutants, right. you had Well, at least you know, X-Factor and X-Men were two different teams. Right, they were, but they're all told. I mean, they all lined in together, and stuff. I mean, it, I guess two different teams, but I mean, there had you know, if you wanted to read all they of the even, X Men stuff, but X Factor wasn't even. They were the original X Men, yeah. And then once they were, they basically what happened is is they graduate, and then they went off and did their own, created their own team. They weren't with Charles Xavier anymore. They weren't a part of the X. They weren't part of the X Men troop anymore. They were their whole own team. No, but they're still part of the X. Uh, part of the if you want to read all the X titles, they were still in universe. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're part of the X Men universe, but they were a totally different team. So that one doesn't bother me so much because, you know, whatever. 
But, yeah, man, too many titles. And I think that's across the board with a lot of publishers. Too many, Too many titles for the same stuff. I think Image doesn't do that. I think Image is one of the few that don't have, you know, 80 different variations of The Walking Dead. They'll do some one-offs. They'll do some one-shots of, like, yeah. Rick Grimes or different or you know the governor or different characters yeah, and they'll the do Michelle, a one shot the Michonne special and stuff yeah but they yeah, don't the Michonne do, special do and stuff like that but they don't but they don't have like a whole other series just for that's all about the walking dead and it's the same characters that's what drives me nuts it's like if they did fear the walking dead as a comic book wouldn't really bother me completely different set of people if you want to read that okay great go for it that doesn't really bother me but when it's the same freaking characters in every single book and you have four different titles. What's the point? I agree. It's it's just redundancy. It's yeah, money. It's, it's a money grab. It's all it is. Yeah, and Marvel is so bad. And and I think that's to me. It just shows that they don't really care about their. I mean, I've said it a million times already on this on this recording in this podcast is that they don't really care. I don't feel like they really care about me as a fan. No, I don't think they do either. And I think I think part of that is because they're owned by Disney, and Disney is a company that. I think it started way before that, though, man. I think it started in the 90s, man. I really do. Because why are you putting out so much of the same stuff, the same title, over and over and over again? And why are you having, you know, and I think they're probably the biggest offender of variants. Why? Yeah, it's it's money. It's all money. And that was before. And and Disney, you know, the Disney thing was a need, right? They were going bankrupt. Yeah. They were gonna, they were gonna be gone. They were gonna fold, and they probably would have got bought out by somebody else. You uh, know, well, that, there was a bid from Warner Brothers, I believe, or, they, or Warner Brothers considered buying them. That would have been interesting. It would have. Fun fact: uh, DC in the in the eighties actually went to Marvel to see if Marvel wanted to take over publishing duties for DC Comics characters. That would have been cool. I mean, yeah. I, that, that, I, I mean, there's so much history for both comic books or for both publishers that it would be kind of cool to see them merge together more. I mean, they, they have done a lot of cross promotions, you know, yeah. I never read, you know what I didn't not read while, was not, not in a while though. You know, the, well, they just did like 10 years ago. They did the whole thing with, or maybe it was longer than 10 years. Maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe you'll know they, they did the whole Stan Lee stuff where he re, he reimagined all the DC characters origins. Yeah, that was that was it was 2004 or somewhere there. They did they, they did this just imagine or 2001, I think it was. Uh, just imagine Stan Lee's blank for DC. Which yeah. wasn't, that that wasn't really a DC Marvel crossover. That was a DC Stan Lee crossover because Stan Lee hasn't had yeah. Stan Lee actually hasn't had anything to do with Marvel for a long ass time. But, yeah, like the 80s, right? Yeah, old 90s. I think it was, he was the 80s. Was he, he was, still the editor in the 90s? There was an editor. He was uh, he was an unofficial figurehead or whatever. You know, and he uh, didn't okay. do anything though. Then they did they did the JLA Avengers crossover in like '04 with Kurt Busiek and George Perez, which was hey great. Man, anything within the last decade is pretty cool. You know, yeah. I mean, and I mean that that well, they're over willing to work with together. That's 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 2004 is 13 years ago. It's yeah, over 13 a decade. years ago. But yeah, but they haven't. So what happened is I don't know, this is kind of a fun story. What happened is Joe Quesada. I I don't know the quote. I don't know exactly what it was, but basically Joe Quesada opened his mouth and said some really nasty shit. And DC said, DC basically said, "F you, Marvel. We're not working with you again." And DC hasn't acknowledged Marvel's existence until recently. When I don't know if you heard about the whole milkshake thing on Twitter with the the Marvel editor. So this Marvel, this female Marvel. Oh yeah, editor, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I, yeah. I did read that. I think I sent that to you. 
Maybe, I don't know. But anyways, so just, I mean, just to know, a de- disgusting. A, a Marvel just, editor put a picture of herself up with her writers. With her friends, yep. Eating, drinking milkshakes. And then she started getting a bunch of tweets about, oh, hope, you know, hope you'll kill yourself. This is why women should be in comics. You're a fake nerd. All this, you know, rape threats, death threats, all this kind of stuff. In yeah, response. Crazy. In response, DC Comics actually, they, the company actually tweeted out back at Marvel saying, you know, we stand with you with milkshakes. The picture of all of, you know, the entire DC staff holding it with milkshakes to say, you know, they, they don't awesome. stand for this. That's awesome. But that's the first time. That's the, that's the first time DC's acknowledged Marvel in the last like ten years because of some shit Joe Quesada said. That's so weird, man. It's an underlying theme in in gaming and in apparently in the comic book industry as well, where it's very there's a huge misogynistic attitude towards women. Well, just towards women. It's well, so it's, weird. It, it's stupid, and like I, I don't I don't understand it because just because you're female doesn't mean you can't write or draw. You know. Well, it doesn't mean you can't be a geek. Right, exactly. It, 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 you can't love the things that, that you and I grew up loving. What? What? Why does it have? I don't understand where they're coming from. I don't understand it. Yeah, I have so many friends. I have so many female friends who are, who are huge comic book nerds or just geeks in general and who constantly yeah. have – each one of them has a story about how they're saying, oh, yeah, I love insert blank nerdy thing here. And some guy's like, oh, yeah, well, are you a real fan? Do you know this, this, and this? It's like yeah. Why? Why do you? Why do you have to know the history of one character all the way back to 1942 to be a, an actual fan? What no. the hell is that about? You know, do you know? Do you know what qualifies you to be a fan? Do you like the character in any form? Yes, then you're a fan. Yeah. You know? I mean, do you like the movie version? Good, you're a fan. Do you like the comic version? Good, you're a fan. Do you not like yeah, it? Do you exactly. not a fan? I mean, it's simple. So, at what point do you go back and say, "All right, well." I mean, I don't. I just don't get it. What, don't what you read one comic book and you say, "Man, I, like the first time you read Spider Man, and you're like, oh my god, I love Spider Man. This is so cool.'" And someone comes along, and goes, "Well, do you even know how how he became Spider Man?" And you're like, "I just read this one book, man." And then, well, you're not a real fan then. What is that? Right. That doesn't make any sense. There's this whole there's this whole thing in comics world, at least with fans, it's like the whole elitist thing. Like, oh well, I know more than you, therefore I'm a bigger fan than you. And my I've always said by the fact oh is, God. who cares? That kind of stuff drives me nuts, yeah, man. Who cares? You, that, you know where you get that a lot into is that the con- the lo- your local comic book store you can get uh, that. Yeah, all the I time. I've gone into comic book stores where they don't want to talk to you because what you don't know what they know about a certain character or or yeah. what key issues are, those are in that book run and right. or you know what I mean? What was his first appearance? That's the big one, right? Yeah, Knowing someone's first appearances is it, like they get a freaking comic boner or exactly. a freaking first appearance, and it's like, what? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, like I love I love trivia. I love I love knowing those things myself. But I don't but that's think that's how you learn is yeah. meeting somebody who knows more. Right. And I don't think, but I don't think if you don't know those things, it doesn't make you a fan. If you don't it make you things, less of a fan, in my opinion, oh, you don't know this stuff here. Let's talk about it because I'm excited now. You know, yeah, <laughs> God, that's what I loved about when the first time I walked into Mill Geek Comics in Mill Creek with Russ Bright, the owner. And yes. the first thing we started talking, man, and he was normal and he was like, oh, yeah. And that guy knows everything about everything when it comes to comics and magic, the gathering cards. Oh, it's ridiculous. Great. He's like he's a walking encyclopedia, but he does not make you feel like you shouldn't be there because you don't know what he knows. No, I Just stopped by there. To him. I stopped by there the one time and I do know magic cards and, and stuff. And I've been playing magic since 1995 or 94. Yeah. And. Went in there, and even though he knew leaps and bounds more than me, the whole thing just felt like a conversation, like just talking about it. And go, oh, I'm being educated, but it's 
totally normal and natural. It's not, I don't feel like he's being a jerk to me at all. And it's a lot of times you find people who know a lot about a subject and not a lot of times, I guess, but you've, especially if you go to a client book store, people who know other, who know the inside out of, of a subject. And I've dealt with this at a lot of stores that I won't go to anymore. They make you feel like you're stupid when they talk to you and, and Russ, they is, talk down. Yeah. Russ is not that way at all. It's great. That's right. That's right. And it's, but that's a common thing amongst all comic book stores that you go to, you find a lot of people that just, for some reason, want to talk down, which is, one, it's terrible business sense. Terrible. Yeah, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? You you want to bring people in. You want them to feel like, hey, this is, you want to hang out here. You want to do stuff. You want to buy stuff from me. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. You, you know? You give me money, so I'm going to be an asshole to you. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. You're not getting my money. And I'm in my 40s, so I spend money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm not a 12 year old kid that buys one book and then you want to be a jerk to that. You know who portrays the some the people that we're talking about to a T is the comic book guy on The Simpsons. Right here, I, I see. Yeah. I, have a, I have a fun story for you that goes right into this real quick. Yeah. In, two, in 2006, I was at Comic Con. I had a thousand dollar over a thousand dollars cash on me that I was going to spend. I my goal was to buy a Daredevil one at that show, right? Yeah. Because that was the last one I needed to finish my soul. To, pretty much finished my silver age set which i still haven't done yet because it's now super expensive so i had i had over a thousand dollars cash in my pocket to buy that book my dad at the time 06 i was 20 24 right and look like a young look like a young kid you know i dressed like a college kid and i walk around pre or post kaylee this is uh this is actually three weeks before we started dating (laughs) okay so her and i were talking pre kaylee pre kaylee yeah we were talking so we weren't dating yet so right uh, I'm down there with my dad and, and stuff, and you know my dad's walking around. My dad has a bunch of money, so he wants to buy some old Superman books. I brought a, like a little over a thousand dollars to buy it to look for a decent copy of Daredevil One and some other stuff. And we're walking around, and I go to these booths and like um, like Metropolis Comics and these other ones, these big booths, and they have copies of Daredevil One. And I go up there and hey, real quick, is this Emerald City? No, this is San Diego Comic Con. Oh, San Diego Comic Con. Okay, yeah, San Diego. So I go down there and I'm walking around, and I'm you know. As you know, I'm I'm pretty shy. I don't really I don't engage very much unless I'm being engaged. Then I'll talk your ear right. off, right? Right. So, a lot of times back then when I went to these bigger booths, especially when I have that much money on me, I'm trying to find something. I'm, you know, nervous. I'm a little shy, so I don't really like. I'm not like, oh, hey, can I have that? I just walk up and I just wait for someone to talk to me because I'm like, okay, they're busy. I don't want to interrupt them. They're talking to the guy over here. They'll get to me when they get to me. You know, it's it's fine. I, I can wait. I stand there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting for like. 10 15 minutes and these guys are talking to everybody else but me and this was this wasn't at metropolis comics this was at a different booth but I'm, there was right. one of the ones i remember and then my dad walks up they immediately go to my dad because my dad's you know in his in his 50s right older they think he clearly has money and they immediately start talking to him and, he, and my dad's like why aren't you talking to this kid right here and the guy was like oh i didn't see him and i was like that's bullshit you saw him why aren't you talking to him it's because you don't think he has any money it's a right. cool uh no no and that's like that's my son he has a thousand dollars to buy one of your books and, and, and why would i buy it from you now if i'm not even talk to him and the guy's like oh well uh what, what do you want i'm like no i'm not <laughs> screw you dude yeah and that, and that happened i shit you not at five different booths yeah i would stand there want to take it seriously yeah i was they wouldn't take me seriously because i was a young kid and i you know i mean i could have engaged and talked to myself but i'd I was, you know, I was nervous and shy. Yeah, I shouldn't have yeah, to. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. And every time, my dad would walk up ten minutes later and be like, and they'd go right to him, and he'd be like, "Why aren't you talking to him?" 
And <laughs> it's ridiculous. And and to further that, you know, Kaylee, when she goes to a comic book booth, when we first started dating, they do the same shit to her because she's right. a girl. I mean, it wasn't. Right. It's not. It's not so bad now. It's a. It's a lot better now. Like people will engage with her, and even with Cody, who's you know he's fourteen. But I remember ten years ago, it was if you didn't look like you had money, people. Some people just wouldn't talk to you, and it's ridiculous. Like why? Every you don't know who has money, who doesn't have money. You don't know this thing. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And even that, you should treat everybody with respect, even if they don't have money. <laughs> Live your life with integrity. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy it's a crazy bananas world, man. And that that whole milkshake picture, I saw that, and then I thought, oh, that's kind of that's a cool that's a funny picture. And yeah. then I read the story of what happened after the picture was tweeted out, and I was like, that's disgusting. I can't believe people act this way towards another human being. Yeah, I don't understand that that mentality. Yeah. Well, we support just, her. We yeah, support I, her and all the work that she's doing because that's oh, hell yeah. That's. Uh, I don't even, I can't even imagine what, I couldn't even imagine getting those, those DMs or those being, well, you know, back to you and then having to read all that crap. Right. I couldn't imagine like, you know, if let's say someone responded to my wife that way, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody it's, might have a, somebody might get beat down back. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, to this day in my whole life, I don't understand anybody who prejudges or pre hates somebody based upon anything that's you know sex yeah. race religion whatever it's like it's why what's the point yeah, yeah it's kind of weird i mean you i don't know it's it's all a weird thing and it's yeah, that's really cool that dc kind of came back and said we yeah. support there's a, bu- a bunch of people came back to support her and it's it's yeah. good and like i love seeing that kind of stuff but i just wish we wouldn't have to deal with that kind of stuff you know yeah I, hey you know what everybody has their opinions and they can but I, there's an old adage: if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Exactly. You know, no one asks for your opinion. You know, it's a it's a crazy time. It's, it is. It is kind of bananas. Yeah, it's and I don't know the internet being so open. What I love open internet's on me, but the internet, you know, being anonymous and stuff, people tend to say but normal things they wouldn't say. They they say things that they would never say to your face. Yeah, that was a weird experience with her. It's, tweeting out that picture and then all that going on and Marvel for their, for, yeah. And Marvel for their sake has completely backed her up and, and as they and, should and stood yeah. behind her as they should. So, that, I mean, that's, so that's good. And I think we've talked a lot about what we don't like with Marvel and the fan base, not the fan base, but the way they treat their fan base. I don't yeah. agree with it. I don't think they do things the right way on that sense. I think they're really all about getting money, which they're a business. So I can't fault them for that, but there's some business practices that they can change and and be better. And I think they could put more emphasis on some titles that make, you know, like Mockingbird should not have been canceled. That was a great series. And I mean, she was up for an Eisner Award for that thing. Right. And they they canceled it? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Just being nominated is is an honor. And it means that your book is written really well. If you're up for an Eisner, your book is written really well. Well, that's that's the Oscars of comics. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you know what we should do next year is build up towards the the Eisner Awards and try to get some of the people that are nominated and and and, and treat it like the Oscars. That'd be cool. And like actually go to it. Actually go to it. <laughs> yeah, we could. We missed we it. Could. We missed it last year or this SCCC. Yeah, that would have been nice. I would have gotten an education on it. I honestly thought it was just like a a writer's award. Nope it's an it's a full on like award. Because Will show. Eisner was a writer. Yeah, yeah, the spirit. Yeah, and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, 
Yeah, they you're canceled talking, the mo- they canceled yeah. Mockingbird, which was crazy to me that they canceled that when it was such a it was a good series and and I don't know I I have them all I I, I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, and, and what was stupid uh, too they they blamed they blamed dipping in sales on oh we 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 added diversity for diversity's sake and and you guys people don't the fans don't like diversity because we added too much diversity to our comics. It's like no, it wasn't that you add too much diversity. Is that you just kept taking big name characters and changing them out, and that's yeah. what people don't like. If you want to add diversity, just make new characters. Right. Yeah. It, they're doing diversity for diversity's sake, yeah. not doing diversity because it's just a natural organic thing because we live in a melting pot. Right. America is a melting pot and you should reflect that. And it's easy. It doesn't mean that you have to reflect it, but it's easy to reflect. And so there's right. no reason not to reflect, you know, well, but you don't just take like Spider-Man and say, well, we'll make him a Latin black kid and, and we'll call him ultimate Spider-Man. And I, and I know you, you told me the whole backstory well, on it. That's great. I, but once Spider-Man Peter Parker comes back, then change his name to something else. Well, I think I think a better example of that though is Iron Man. Is they introduced Riri Williams to be this who is a 15-year-old black girl super genius who built her, her own Iron Man suit at 15, and she becomes Iron Man and plays Tony Stark. And it's like that's, I, I mean, you're not even hiding what you're doing here. You're basically just changing out your most popular character right now in the in the movies to be a black girl to have diversity right. of a female and a minority. I mean, they did it with Thor with making Jane, Jane Foster, but if you read the story, it's organic. Yeah. Yeah. It's organic. Yeah. And she, they, they just, they just pulled it off so well, but they're doing it over and over and over again. Like the incredible Hulk. Like we talked about that in a couple episodes ago. Like, why not just make him, he's a, he's a fun character. Why don't you just make him a, a new character? He could have the same powers. He could be the same type of, you know, character with the Hulk but make him something different. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard, but cause I mean, it's going to get to the point now that people are just going to call him Korean Hulk, black right. Spider-Man. And that's, yeah. you don't want that. That black iron man. You don't want, you don't want that. Or lady Thor. You don't want that. You want them to be their own character. So their own, have yeah. their own identity. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. I think DC is just, or Marvel's just diversity for diversity sake, not doing it the right way. And, and right. it's a backlash. And, you know, and the thing is, is like a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, you should be okay with this. It's like, why should I be okay with them changing characters I've read my whole life? No, make new characters. Like, like when they introduced Cindy Moon, who is Silk, who is basically a, a female Spider Man type character, a new Spider character. They made yeah. a new character, and she's Asian, and they made a new character and a new story out of her, and it's great. Even, I mean, you could even say Spider Gwen. They made a new character from a different universe out of Gwen Stacy, and she became super popular. It's not, they didn't just take an old character and change everything about her. They made a Spider-Man character who's a female, but in, in an interesting way, you know? Yeah. 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 So Yeah. I mean, there's ways to do it and they've done some good ones and they've done a lot of bad ones and, you know, and hopefully they'll move forward, but I can't iterate enough how much I loved Marvel in the seventies and eighties, especially in the eighties when I was really heavily reading them. Spider-Man was a huge part of my childhood growing up. I think I read more of him than anything else. Uh, and then, of course, the X-Men as well. Uh, I love the Incredible Hulk. I didn't read a lot of Incredible Hulk comics, so I don't really know a lot about the Incredible Hulk except for what we all know based on Gamma Hulk Rays. Smash. Yes, Hulk Smash, TV shows, movies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, know, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that Marvel did that I don't think DC did a lot of, especially in the 80s, was you saw a lot of commercials on TV for Marvel. Marvel toys, Marvel books. Yeah, you they heard did Stan a lot of Lee's that. voice a lot, you know, 
what you, you I mean, get that up. What you, what you got from DC was like the, you know, they had the TV shows, they had the Superboy show, they had the Batman movies and stuff, they had Lewis and Clark. I mean, they had, DC was on TV in a different way than Marvel was. Marvel was on TV with cartoons and ads for their toys. DC was on TV with ads for their movies and TV shows in that yeah, time. You know period. what I think it is, Johnny, and I'm thinking about this. I think DC was established, you know, earlier, right? And they had this large, so their audience of people that grew up listening and watching Superman and reading Superman, right? Then you get into the seventies. Those guys are like in their forties by then, right? And you, Richard Donner brings out the movies. Well, now DC's like, we got to cater to the, the audience that's buying and watching our stuff. Marvel's going, we need to cater to our future audience. Right. You know what I mean? Let's start putting out cartoons and everything else and get kids of today so that when they're of that age, we can start raking in that kind of stuff as well. And I don't think DC planned as well for that. I think Marvel. I think Marvel's planning might have been better. Now, I'm talking on my ass. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because, because at the same time, Marvel almost went bankrupt and got saved by Disney. Marvel almost, you know? Marvel went bankrupt, almost went bankrupt several times. Yeah. It might have been on accident, right? It might have been completely on accident. They had all these, they're doing TV show or they're doing cartoons and toys and, and marketing all the crap to all these kids. And then just by, just by, just by an accident, it just kind of worked out. Yeah. I, I, well, I think, I think that first X-Men movie really showed everybody, oh, we have a whole plethora of stories here that we can pick and, and go. And And then. and now that's biting Fox in the butt because everybody was just, just tell a new story. Stop trying to pull from the comics and ruining comic stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody kind of attributes Iron Man, number one, the first Iron Man show as the, the Marvel Universe. And it is for the Marvel Universe for the cinematic universe. Yeah. But it's not the first movie that really get the Marvel Universe a kick in the butt to get all the other movies made. It was X-Men. And then after right. X-Men, it was Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Then Iron Man. And Fantastic Four. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing was Fantastic Four, I think it worked in the 60s. I don't think it worked after that. I don't, I don't know anybody that I grew up with that read comic books that I, you know, out of my troop of friends that I had that we all read comic books. No one read Fantastic Four. Nobody. No, if I always anything, thought it was, it, was a th- it was the thing that was the only thing that they maybe had a one-off of a thing. Well, because Thing's the only cool character out of, out of that Fantastic Four, really. I mean, there's well, been Reed some... Well, Richards is, is, is a is, dumb. You know, the scientific genius, but that power of plastic of stretch is just dumb. Well, and it's it's a stolen power. His power is was already, I mean, Plastic Man, well, Elongated plastic man, man from the Golden Age. Both those guys already existed before him. And yeah, but that's whatever. I mean, I mean, I mean I, but those are dumb, too. No, 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 no. Plastic Man's awesome. <laughs> that's, it's a dumb power, dude. It's just it's a stupid. dumb power. It's a dumb power, but Plastic Man is still awesome with that power. I remember watching the cartoon of Plastic Man. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Funny, but you know seriously, what? I thought that was a ripoff of of uh, Mister Fantastic. But it's not <laughs> the way around. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, I don't know that. So the Fantastic Four, I, I just didn't know anybody that really liked them. So I, it, it doesn't bother me that they're gone now. Uh, maybe, I, mean, I, don't, I didn't care. I like the thing. I wouldn't mind seeing the thing come back. But as far as the rest of them go, I, I don't care. 
Well, there you guys go, man. There's there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe is amazing. I think a lot of Marvel <laughs> stories out there, a lot of the characters really are amazing. Stan they Lee are. is one of the most driving influences in in the comic book forces that we've ever seen and probably ever will see ever again. Uh, I know that Jack Kirby has a lot to say about that, but at the same time, or had a lot to say about that. But That could be a whole really, episode by itself. <laughs> that could be a whole episode by itself, and I, you can't take anything away from, from Stan Lee because Jack Kirby no. wouldn't be Jack Kirby without Stan Lee. No. He might not I want think, to admit that, but it's the truth. I think the ultimate of this episode comes down to the fact that we 100% agree that Marvel has amazing characters. They have some great storylines. They make great Love movies. Love the Marvel characters. Love, Love the characters. a lot of comic books coming out of those guys. But can't stand the way they handle their business and the way they treat their fans. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. Well, we are out. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, like us, share us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Twitter, everywhere. On Twitter. We're on TuneIn. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. We're on iTunes. Instagram, we're on Google Twitter. Play. Yep. Everywhere. Yeah, Instagram. Oh, we have a website now. We have a website. Come visit us at www.spoilercountrypod.com. Dot com. That's all one word, spoilercountrypod.com. Yep. Leave us a message. Come and say hi. We have a patron. Come check out our patron. There's a link on our website, right? Yep, on our website. And there'll be a link in the description. It's patreon.com slash spoilercountry. Yep. And you can, there's some cool rewards on there. We're trying to. For as little as a dollar a month, you yep. can support this so we can keep this going and do some new stuff. Right now, we're trying so, to afford to buy some new equipment to, to get some yep. Rode Procaster microphones and a new mixer. Because you'll notice that if you hear me talking and you hear Johnny talking, there is a difference in quality of, of our equipment. Yep. And we want to get everything to be the same. That's exactly. the goal. Exactly. So that we all have the same. And we want to be able to take this on the road. We want to be able to do other things and, and keep this going. We want to be able to do this on a daily, not just yeah. when we be can. Awesome. So <laughs> check us out. Please visit us and please like and share us on all the media that you can. Thanks a lot, guys. Peace. Bye.